the blast from our past network. Codrite! Codrite! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, the Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld. Every single episode of Seinfeld. Every single episode of Seinfeld. I said it three times because we're giving you every single episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> Not just once. Actually, it is once every single time. Not three times, but anyway. I'm uh, just being weird. I'm Adam. <laughs> you might have heat stroke, buddy. You've been working in your yard all day. I'm Corey, by the way. <laughs> I just literally just finished like a massive day of... Uh, of lawn mowing and weed and not and uh, using my weed whacker and and using the blower and shit and it's like this is actually the first time I've used my my lawn mower my riding lawn mower but uh, does make you feel kind of like a like a real man you yeah, know yeah you're a real man now you're no longer <laughs> a man boy like me well, <laughs> I I know for a fact so we live on kind of like an inclined property and so it's like. Part of the time when I'm driving, it's either like I'm going headfirst a little bit down a hill, going like, whoa, or I have to like <laughs> lean all the way over on the other side to balance it out and make sure I don't fall off and die and roll Jeez. over or something like that. Good Lord. Be safe but, out there, man. It's, it's, we you know, we got to finish Seinfeld, buddy. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I know a push mower is probably better for me. I could get into the tight spaces better and up the hills and whatnot a little bit better. Um, but I've got a rider. So use the writer, man. So they just use it, man. Yeah, drink it, drink cool. a beer and use it. Yeah, got my beer. Probably not the beer, though. <laughs> if I'm doing all those acrobatics while I'm <laughs> doing the mower. Yeah, probably bad call. So, all right. Today we are talking season six, episode 18, The Jimmy. It first aired on March 16th, 1995. Corey, my man, could you please give us the synopsis? Yeah, buddy. The Jimmy. George goes into business with a basketball buddy who refers to himself in the third person. Jerry discovers that Tim Watley keeps penthouse in his dentist office waiting room. Kramer comes off as a mentally challenged at a charity benefit featuring Mel Torme. A mentally challenged. <laughs> yeah, that's a interesting, you know, verbiage. Uh, you yeah. would think that's not really used as a noun. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut it so you guys won't hear it, but I stumbled over it twice the <laughs> first time because I was like, wait a minute, is it missing something? But yeah, exactly. Uh, before we get into the uh, the <laughs> the stand-up on this one, what's the over-under that we'll never see this fucking episode on Netflix, dude? <laughs> there's there's absolutely a chance. Yeah, yeah seriously, I'll, I'll man. Give it, uh, uh, knowing how Netflix is... I mean, right now I feel it's a 50-50 chance. 50-50. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Well, we shall see. I, but the whole time I was watching this, I was like, God damn, this is, this is going to be the one they're going to cut if they're going to cut any of them. Eh, well, the blackface one, I'd say probably more so. I'm wondering if they can cut just the blackface part of it. But yeah, I don't know. This yeah. one and that one are probably the two highest likely scenarios. Yep. Well, here, uh, pop on a little whiskey there. Uh, this is the part of our Curb Your Enthusiasm show that we do exclusively on Patreon, that you would hear me talking about uh, whiskey in Adam's Quickie Whiskey Corner uh, before we dive into each episode. So if you are curious at all what I have in my Glencairn, yeah, that's how I drink out of. I drink out of a Glencairn glass. Uh, then hop over to our Patreon and sign up for Curb Your Enthusiasm. Solid plug, baby. <laughs> Thank you. It's almost like you're a professional. 
Well, I just really wanted to pour some whiskey, and I thought that would be a good good distraction while I got the pour done. Exactly. And while you're pouring, I will jump into Jerry's opening monologue. Buying shoes is one of the great shopping challenges. Have you ever seen someone put on a new pair of shoes? They turn into a zombie, and they start walking around the store, and he kind of, you know, acts it a little bit on stage. He goes, yeah, these are pretty good, and he kind of acts like a zombie. Uh, Then they have that one-foot-tall mirror there. What's that all about? So I can see what a cat thinks of those shoes? What is that angle? Bum passed out on the curb? Uh, He's like, hey, what do you think of these? I just got them. I've seen them from that angle myself. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it's not not very good at all. No, and one... I've never seen. I disagree. I, I've never seen somebody walk around like a zombie when they put on the new shoes. I see them walk very fervently because they're trying to like really press into the new shoes. Like, all right, if I walk really intently, how's this gonna feel? And maybe that's just me. You see yeah. me walking around like <laughs> stomping your foot. Yeah, dude. I mean, all around, I thought this was a very, very weak, weak opening. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I thought I was gonna sneeze. Okay, I didn't sneeze. All right. <laughs> I thought you were gonna pass out. <laughs> So what's going on? No. It's that Georgia heat stroke, man. Jesus, dude. Whew. All right. All right. Well, George, Kramer, and Jerry are at a health club locker room uh, talking about this guy, Jimmy, who was really good You know, out on the basketball court. He was playing with George. Things were going really well. He could even dunk, and he's about the same size as George. That's crazy. Then they were kind of talking about how he talks in the third person, which is a bit strange. Oh, of course. Yep. Uh, now, one of our show's that we love so much, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, Terry talks in the third person, but he pulls it off so well. Yeah, and in the whole time I was thinking this, and the whole time I was like, let's, I wanted to have this discussion of what you think about third person talking, and normally I hate it, uh, but Terry, like you said, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we both love that show, and here's what I'll say about that. He, I tolerate it with him, and, and he pulls it off the best you can possibly mm-hmm. do it, but I really fucking hate third person talking. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole point with Jimmy here. Yeah. They're trying to, like, they're giving him giving him a quirk other than his shoes, uh, which actually we see right here, his training shoes that he's got going on. They help him jump, and George is very intrigued, and so he wants to buy a pair. Cool. Yeah. But, yeah, now, but the overall third-person stuff, um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it makes no sense. I think you have to be an extra level of pretentious to do that. But, again, when it comes to Terry on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it, it, it works. I let it, it slide because he's so – I mean, he's so much like Terry Crews in real life where I feel he's, like, super macho awesome, but he's also, like, down with his effeminate side. He doesn't give a fuck what you think, and you're just like, whatever, man. You're awesome. And hey, man, Terry loves his yogurt, bro. Yes, exactly. He loves yogurt. (laughs) But, I mean, just to kind of put a pin in it and wrap it up, I don't find, like, Jimmy to be annoying at all. I I mean, I would be like, if that was a real person, I would would hate him, you know, for doing that. But in in what's happening in this episode – you know, he's a character, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I got no problem with him here, and same with Terry. Uh, now, did you recognize Jimmy, the actor, Anthony Stark? No, I looked him up, but nothing really uh, stood out to me. Okay, well, for me, it jumps out uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes in 1988, mainly because Zach the Snack from Podcast mm-hmm. After Dark, my co-host, has been on a Killer Tomatoes cartoon tear. Uh, Attack ever since... of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> yes, yes, dude, so Attack good. Attack <laughs> of the Killer Tomatoes. Of course and, I know that cartoon. And we actually discussed it on Podcast After Dark's uh, oh. spinoff show, TV Obscura, TV Obscura. And it actually turns out 
to be a really good cartoon. If you go watch it now, it holds up really well. But Zach has been talking about Killer Tomatoes ever since. And uh, when I when I looked up Anthony Stark, I was like, oh, shit, he's from Return of the Killer Tomatoes, which also starred a very young George Clooney. Oh, okay, cool. If, a very young and mulleted George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've actually. I remember seeing. Um, I went back and started watching Roseanne at one point. This was before mm-hmm. she got yeah. even more racist than she really was. Um, and you saw George Clooney was on that early those early seasons. Yep, yeah, kind of cool. So. And also was the the main character from Caddyshack. That the the kid from Caddyshack. He grew up to be uh, uh, the sister, right? He he dated. Um, uh, what was uh, the. Uh, Roseanne's sister, the aunt. Oh, uh, okay. I think he dated her, and he was a he was a regular on the show. And then I think his character, like you know, was abusive. And I remember Dan had to go over there and actually beat him up. And I would, dude, Roseanne was a show that I liked, but whenever Dan got angry, I think I had PTSD from my dad because I would legit get scared mm. of Dan on the show getting yeah, angry oh yeah. and punching the wall because that's what my dad would do. And uh, I was always just like, I got freaked out by Dan. But then at the same time, I I weirdly loved him. And I still I love John Goodman. He's great, you know. But yeah, yeah. yeah dude. Uh, oh, but Roseanne, you're right. Well, they played that as that very, I mean, blue collar kind of family yeah, where yeah. Dan, they had their faults. They all had their and, faults. And that's what and, made the show fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Like it's it's an underrated show. Yeah, yeah, not one we'll probably ever do an after show no. of. But yeah, we and both I'm not, like and it. Yeah, and Roseanne and all her issues are a whole other thing. But yeah, uh, the exactly. show itself, I thought represented a section of Americana that weren't getting TV. Like something compared to like something like the Cosby's, Cosby's incredibly well-to-do family. Fuck, it's a doctor and a lawyer. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they were very well-to-do, but they were, one, a good example for black culture um, and, and just overall like, a very fun family unit. Obviously, Cosby, <laughs> a terrible example. But but you didn't have much of, like, the low-class, kind of like the lower-income class um, and blue-collar representations in sitcoms. Well, other than, like, uh, Ralph Crampston or whatever from the, was it the... Uh, oh, Archie Bunkers or... Archie, Archie Bunker. Bunker, yeah, Archie yeah. Bunker. That's what I mean from all in the family. Yeah. Um, so this, I guess it kind of continues. Hey, well, that it feels legacy. like it, it feels like we need one every generation, and, yeah. and it's not like there's multiple ones every generation, but we need one every generation. Yeah. And, and Roseanne filled that gap. And you know, it's it's just a goddamn shame that you know the Cosby Show will be forever canceled. Oh yeah, because it was a fantastic show, a show that I loved and I thought put forth great values. And it's a damn shame that you know the monster that is Bill destroyed yeah. it but uh you know and, and it's interesting that we're talking about roseanne as well because that almost happened but then they actually were able to salvage roseanne and so yep very true so all right uh not representing the blue class uh is seinfeld yeah. uh, these people are all assholes and you cannot relate to them really <laughs> so <laughs> all right uh george then realizes he has a work meeting and he's all pissed off because he's gonna be sweating and he's like you know well you just showered and he's like, it doesn't matter. It, does, it didn't take. It didn't take. And That's great. This is something that I wholeheartedly agree with and I deal with myself. Like, if I'm sweating, like I was just sweating profusely, if I calm down and then if I have like the slightest hit of heat, of heat again, it just pours out of me. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, I remember when I was hot an hour ago and then it's just like, yep, I'm going to retain <laughs> that heat. And it's like, oh, fuck. So I, I understand the pain. You, you feel George's pain on this one. Yep, absolutely. So he heads out. Uh, Jerry's got a dental appointment, and so he's brushing and whatnot right here. Um, I like how Kramer humorously confuses some medical advice as you're not <laughs> supposed to brush 24 hours before a dentist compared to 
not eating before surgery. And he said, well, you, you got to have your strength. <laughs> and, and the look on Jerry's face, he was just mortified. It was great. So I, uh, uh, I went, I was about to go into surgery, um, for, I had a, a broken hand and so I had to have surgery for it and they were going to knock me out for it. And so I was, um, the night I was scheduled for like a later in the day surgery so I could have, um, breakfast they said. And then like, you know, nothing after like yeah. 10 o'clock or whatever. Yeah. And so I, I ate that and then I got a call like 30 minutes after I ate and they said, Hey, we've got an earlier slot. Do you want to come in? And I was like, well, I just ate this, uh, my breakfast. I, I had a left, I didn't say, but I had leftovers. Um, and I had a pork chop, uh, for, for breakfast. And so I just, I eat whatever. I don't believe in, you have to have breakfast food at breakfast. I'll eat whatever the fuck I want. And I said, oh no, I just had something to eat. And they're like, well, come in anyway. And I'm like, Okay, I didn't think that was a thing. So I came in, and then, like, you know, they got me up and, and kind of, like, starting to get ready. And they're like, okay, have you eaten? I'm like, well, yeah, I said I ate. And and they're like, oh, well, we can't do surgery then. We can't do the anesthesia. And yeah. I'm like, well, what the fuck am I here for? And so I sat in there for, like, three hours. Oh, God. My, like, Keisha was with me. My dad was with me. But it was like, why the fuck did you have me come in? Like, yeah. the doctor came in, and he was like, well, first he was like, um, oh, hey, what are you uh, – what are you, uh, or, or, or can you, like, have you eaten anything? And I said, well, yes. And he said, well, what'd you have? I think hoping that it was like a light thing. And I said, oh, I had a pork chop. He said, a pork chop? <laughs> a pork chop? Good Lord. <laughs> I went in like two more times after surgery uh, to like do checkups with this guy. Did he call you pork he chop? Just, he just called me pork chop. <laughs> yeah. He was like, hey, it's pork chop. And I'm just like, I, God damn I love it. that doctor. I love that doctor. Give that man an award. <laughs> I like, I am forever burned into his brain as Pork chop. What's up, pork chop? <laughs> he just, That's I mean, fantastic, dude. <laughs> before and after the surgery and then continuing on, he was like, why the hell did you eat a pork chop for breakfast? A fucking pork chop. Well, he, you should have said, I had to keep my strength up. Yeah, that's what I should have said. <laughs> like Kramer says. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more. 
all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. All right, um, Mr. Wilhelm at this meeting that George is at has to uh, let he's letting some people know that they've been that they've found out people are some are stealing some equipment and they think it might be an inside job. George, as I mentioned before, he uh, the, the shower didn't take and he is sweating profusely, <laughs> profusely. and he's looking t- terribly nervous at this point. Yep. So cut to Jerry at the dental office and while he's sitting waiting for his appointment, going through the magazines as one does. He notices a penthouse. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Whoa. All right. Uh, Jerry at Elaine's place um, invites him to go see Mel Torme with her. And, <laughs> the Velvet uh, Fog. The Velvet Fog, which actually, I mean, I know the name Mel Torme, but I actually, I actually had to look up what he's done. So he had like five different top ten hits in the late 40s and 50s. Um, he actually wrote the music for the Christmas song, which is Chestnuts Roasting oh, on yeah. an Open mm-hmm. Fire. Uh, and you know, so Mel Torme is performing at this able mentally challenged adults benefit, uh, what should they call you know, the, the AMCA benefit. Yeah. So George, I like how George, or sorry, I like how Jerry, when, uh, you know, Elaine asks him to go, he's like, I can't watch a man sing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. Like. What? Why is that? Why is that a weird thing? I know, but it, I think it fits oddly with you know Jerry and everything. And uh, real quick, uh, uh, I know and love Mel Torme mainly because uh, on Night Court, the Judge Harry, um, it was like he loved Mel Torme. So there's always Mel Torme references, and then Mel Torme came on the show. And as a kid. Because that Night Court was on before Seinfeld, I just was completely inundated with Mel Torme. Uh, and uh, so now when this comes on, you know, even for the first time uh, back in 90s, I-, I was like, oh, my God, it's Mel Torme. I know exactly who this is when probably no one else did, you know, of my age, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair enough, because I certainly didn't like to me. He's oh, he's that Seinfeld guy. <laughs> yep, yeah, and to me, he's Judge Harry uh, T. Tonight. Anderson's uh, favorite yeah. person, and he's like, what is that like called, like a a, cr- a crooner or something, where it's like like um, you know, old blue eyes, you know, where you basically all you're doing is singing and, and everything. I, I don't know. There's a style to it that no one really does anymore of of singing like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Elaine is uh, now kind of inquiring about this attractive guy at the gym. She really wants to ask him out. And she's asking Jerry, you know, that super attractive one. And Jerry just can't fathom attractiveness at this point. Uh, he just kind of, which I find ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I'm a very hetero guy. I don't know how to put it. <laughs> I'm a, I, that's, that's where my, you know, things lie. But you can still tell what's yeah. attractive. It's like, you know what? Same with a kid. I'm not attracted to that kid, whether it's a boy or a girl. You can tell a cute kid from an ugly kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no, and same thing with a, with a man. Corey, you're not an attractive man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, but Zach I mean, the Snack, 
is an attractive man. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, this is something that I always think of Jerry when I think about things like this. But no, I, I have absolutely no problem uh, just talking about who, who I find immensely attractive. Uh, I am a big Ryan Reynolds fan. I have had a man crush on him forever. So, And I have no problem announcing that to, to the world. And yeah, I'm a heterosexual man, but... Wouldn't yep. kick Ryan Reynolds out of bed, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Kramer comes in and kind of asks about uh, attractiveness as well, which is all just kind of funny, um, who says that George Will is an attractive man. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. And then I, I IMDb George Will, and he doesn't exist. So no, I'm like, who the a- fuck? He's a political commentator. And I he, looked at him, and he's not attractive. No, he looks like a turtle. He he looks yeah. like what's he that looks, movie? He, Mitch, well, to me, he looks a lot like Mitch McConnell. Yes, uh, he, he he. Yes, you're right. That, that's probably more accurate. A, I was young, gonna a say, younger Mitch McConnell. I was gonna say he reminded me of Turtle from from uh, Master of Disguise. Oh yeah, yeah, Dana Carvey. <laughs> Am yeah, I not turtle, turtle, turtle enough for the Turtle Club? Oh my god. But wow. yeah, what a, what a weird... Like who, the, who the fuck references Master of Disguise? I don't know, but who the fuck references George Will? That was such a um, weird, weird one. There's no way he was like popular in the 90s at all either. No. So I don't uh, know. That was a weird deep cut, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, so Jerry does have a cavity, and he's going to have to go back to the dentist. And you know he tells them about this whole penthouse thing. And I love Kramer's response. Well, did you take a look? Of course. Of course. You know, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. It's beside or, the point. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> that was so, great. I loved it. <laughs> so uh, George comes in, and Elaine asks about that handsome guy again at the club. And George is, of course, awkward about it. He's very uncomfortable about it. Very uncomfortable about it. And I do like how Elaine kind of calls him out, like, you know, it's not making you a homosexual. His response is pretty gold, though, when he's like, well, it doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> genius. Fucking genius, man. Yep. So uh, we find out that George is apparently going into business with Jimmy on these shoes. All right. I'm going to assume kind of like a pyramid scheme kind of bullshit. Or they're, yeah, or they're just going to try and sell them. Yeah. So. All right. At the uh, at the health club, Elaine is oh, stretching. Oh, real quick. Um, Kramer eats some Kung Pao chicken and then freaks oh, yeah. out about it. And I was like, I was like, at first I was like, I even noted, I was like, what was the point of that little tag at the end? It wasn't even good. But it does come back later. And that's what I, I was like, okay, right. okay, fine. But I just want to call it out now because I at first I was like, standing by itself in this scene i was like why why did this even happen and it was like over exaggerated so it was it was but at least it, you're right it does come back yeah absolutely comes back so uh at the health club elaine is stretching in the way of this attractive guy um you know uh she's trying to get his attention uh kind of does for a second and then she turns away then looks back and he's gone so jimmy talking in third person says oh jimmy's really into you we know as the audience He's talking about himself, but she's like, oh, that other guy's name is Jimmy and all this kind of shit. So just kind of funny. She ends up inviting uh, uh, Jimmy to Mel Torme. Jimmy loves the Velvet Fog. (laughs) I liked how he said that. And I I like this kind of humor where there's a miscommunication, but we, the audience, understand what's happening. Because it kind of we feel like we're inside, like on the inside joke, but then that character Elaine is not. And uh, I I like this kind of dialogue humor type of thing. Absolutely agree. I mean, 100%. That is it's a fun thing. We're in the know. The other people are not. That makes it all the funnier. And we're going to get more of that later this episode. Yep. So. Yep. All right. At Tim Watley's office, uh, Kramer goes in. And I love this quick little scene. Oh, you remember Mr. Thirsty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, his mouth, his facial motions are perfection. Oh, God. 
So good. There's going to be so much more. I'm going to, I'm going to say so good at least a hundred more times this episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, then at the health club, Kramer uh, bought those shoes. And so he's wearing these awkward training shoes. Uh, we also see that Kramer can't speak well because of some Novocaine that Tim uh, Watley really shot, shot him up on that. And he, dude, dude, Michael Richards plays mentally challenged really well. I mean, comedic genius. This is all genius, all gold. I just don't know if you could show it to people in 2021. But, like, he's unbelievable here in, in yeah. this entire episode. Yep. Uh, we also find out apparently it's only adult dentistry now, which I think is kind of fun, you know? It's like, okay, um... You know, and there's no kids around. You can say he, he lets the expletives fly. <laughs> when they pull that needle out, I let the expletives fly. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yes. So, uh, especially also just that continued good physical humor, uh, that comedy when he's trying to sip some water and he can't. Um, but it's not. But it's not just like oh, it's funny that he's that he can't do it. In comes Jimmy, who comes in and slips on the water. So these little things, as yeah. you mentioned before, that little thing earlier with the Kung Pao comes back. This slipping, this can't drink the water, it means something for the episode because, boom, Jimmy gets hurt. Uh, and so he, um, you know, he's he's now can't help sell the shoes. And so, of course, George is upset about that. Jimmy yells that he holds grudges. <laughs> and that's going to come back, too. So, Jimmy's going to shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's acting... A bit crazy at this point. Yeah, but it's <laughs> but it's, it's funny. It's, it all works. It all it's works. Farcical. It yeah. is farcical, yep. and it does it does work. So uh, Kramer's then walking down the street. He's got his awkward shoes. He's got his mouth that he can't say things properly. <laughs> he ends up sharing a taxi with this random guy who's talking to him kind of slowly, very uh, gently, and is very interested in Kramer's independence. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, uh, which. Immediately, you know, well, I've seen the episode before. Even if this is my first time seeing it, I would know what he would think of Kramer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. We know right away what what's going on here. Exactly. So uh, George tries to sell shoes at, like, a, a footlocker, but he has a terrible vertical leap. And uh, Norm Brenner's in the front, kind of the – he's the guy that's always, like, a blondish reddish hair. He's right in the front. It's his back, though. Okay, okay. Well, because we see him, maybe it's next episode. Next episode. Okay, yeah. next episode. My bad. We see him very uh, intently. He even has it, a line. He actually, yeah, he actually has a line next episode. So, all right. All right, then at uh, Jerry's place, we find out Kramer is going to be the guest of honor for this AMCA dinner. And, you know, now Kramer's sounding normal because, you know, he's, he's done being, uh, you know, numb from the Novocaine, that kind of thing. Uh, and Jerry's just like kind of piecing things together. Like, oh, wait a minute. You were wearing these stupid shoes and you couldn't talk. And they're, they're inviting you to this, to this able, mentally challenged adult dinner. Uh, he knows what's going on. They think yeah. he is a mentally challenged adult. Jerry's, spot, Jerry's response is like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can kind of understand why they think that. And yeah. it's just, they don't say that. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome because, you know. They're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Just knowing Kramer as we have for six seasons, it's like, it's a thin line. <laughs> <Yeah. If> you... <laughs> very true. Very true. Now, did you notice when he uh, sits on the uh, the couch and puts his feet up, there's a red tape across the bottom of the shoe, um, and it's it, they color it the same 
color that's already the design to, to mask the logo of the actual shoe. Mm. But then there's an actual, so he goes to sit down and he puts his feet up and there's red tape there. Then they cut really quickly to him saying something and the tape's not there. You see the name of the shoe. It says like strength or something like that. You actually see the name of it. Then c cuts back to like, Jerry talking, and then it cuts back to Kramer, and it's the shot of him with the red uh, uh, tape across the bottom. So I'm thinking that they probably filmed it the first time, noticed that you could see his the name of the shoes, and be like, oh shit, we don't have the license for you know, cover it with tape, do another take, and then but one of the takes made it through basically. You know, I completely wasn't even realizing that this was a, a legit shoe. It yeah. I thought for a second it might have been a prop, but you're right. So looking at this shoe. I see, I see, like, one brand that is called a Jump 99 Strength Plyometric Training that's, Shoes. That's the one, because it's had in big letters strength. You could see that very easily. Wow. That is, uh, oh, I see, oh, here we go. I, I see this one that says strength, and it's called the B42 Strength Men's. Yep. Yeah, I think this is the type. This is the brand. It says strength on it. And so they covered that, that up with a strip of duct tape that matched the colors that are also, like, designed into the shoe. Yeah. I mean, they did a good job, except for the one shot where you actually see the strength, and they, they didn't have the duct tape. So, I was, like I said, the only thing I can think of is they probably filmed that one first, realized that you could see the shoe there, and said, shit, let's – because, you know, they always film these scenes twice. Uh, with mm -hmm. the studio audience, they always film them a minimum twice. So they are probably like, oh, shit, go grab some tape, put it on there, bada-bing, bada-boom, Bob's your uncle, and then they shot it again. Yep, you can buy them online uh, on eBay for about like seventy bucks or something. Go for now it, that's, guys. Now that's a cosplay right there. That's a you could <laughs> you could either be Jimmy or you could put, try to yep. pull off a Kramer with the shoes. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, uh, at Doctor Watley's office, uh, it's kind of funny. He takes a hit of nitrous oxide before he hands <laughs> it to Jerry. Yeah, that was kind of strange. Yeah, even um, Jerry looked at him kind of strangely. Yeah, but I mean, Watley's doing some kind of weird shit. So okay. Um, he kind of mentions, oh, you know, oh, this uh, assistance from somewhere else. We like to trade every now and then. <laughs> and we're like, uh-huh. And, <laughs> and he actually specifically says swap. So that's yeah. kind of like you can already get the like wife swapping or something, you know, yes. type of thing. Yeah. Yep. The implication is there, as there as, Den as Dennis would say from uh, It's Always Sunny. <laughs> well, the implication. <laughs> <laughs> because of the implication. <laughs> oh, that's, right. a, that's a great, horrible show, too. <laughs> it's absolutely awful. All right, uh, George is eating some Kung Pao chicken at yeah. work. So tie back to Kung Pao chicken, which is very spicy. Uh, Mr. Wilhelm walks in, and George is sweating again from Kung Pao chicken. And he was just on the phone trying to sell some of his shoes, which uh, Mr. Wilhelm her overheard him you know, talking about selling equipment. Yeah. Now, do you like to eat like foods that spicy where you get that sweaty? No, not at all. I mean, I like a tiny bit of kick or some kick. But like, I never really even dive into like like the the hot wings or whatnot. I'll like I'll take like the medium kind of wings and prefer that. Yeah. So I'm not a, I'm not like a big big spice guy. You and I I think probably have similar stomachs. Uh, now my wife is Latina, so she's been she's like, look, this is a, this is going to be a long game for me. So she's been slowly for the past two years that we've been married, just slowly building <laughs> up my resistance, just bit by bit, you know. And yeah, now I'm starting to move. Actually, now I'm in medium. Before I was in mild, like I couldn't handle even medium. Now I'm into medium, so she's she's doing it. She's kind of slowly doing it. There we go. All right, good for her. All right, <laughs> my, bu my butthole will never be the same though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Corey's poor butthole. R.I.P. Uh, my butthole. Yeah. All right. 
Jerry awakens uh, from being put uh, out for his surgery or for his cavity. And you don't really get knocked out for cavities. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Like a root canal, yes, but not for cavities. I mean, shit. I mean, I I didn't even get knocked out for a root canal that I had here. The only time I've ever been knocked out is for the wisdom teeth uh, getting pulled. And Mm. that was it. Um, yeah, so I never quite understood why Jerry, uh, why this was happening, but okay, fine. Um, but there's yeah. no question, right? Like they did have sex on him, right? Like there's absolutely no question about that. Well, of course there's question. Jerry, Jerry awakens and we just see Watley, uh, you know, buttoning up and the yeah. assistant seeming to be buttoning up, but he's still in a little bit of a, his own velvet fog, if you will. He can't really <laughs> tell what's going on. So, I mean, it's hard to tell. I don't know. Maybe they spilled something. They He, he was, uh, they're doing some dental procedure and they had to change shirts real quick. Did you think of that, Corey? <laughs> is that is that really what Adam thinks, though? That, that did not occur to me, dude, is what I was hoping you would say. Um <laughs> No, I, it's not what I believe, and we'll yeah. find out a little bit more later. So. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll come back to when, when you say we find out a little bit more. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Uh, at Monk's, uh, Jerry and Elaine talk about the whole situation, and he's all very worried about it because he couldn't remember if his shirt was tucked or untucked, and he thinks it was tucked, but now it was untucked, and they're debating, like, what kind of shirt were you wearing? Well, like a, like a what do you say, a golf shirt, or I can't remember what the hell he said. Tennis uh, yeah, shirt. Yeah, tennis shirt, yeah. Tennis mm-hmm. shirt. And he's like, he, he sometimes he tucks, sometimes he doesn't. Um, and he even gives a little reference. Is this guy a dentist or Caligula? <laughs> Caligula, yeah, great. So, That's Caligula a great is one. a Roman Empire yep. or emperor uh, who is known for his sexual perversion and orgies, that kind of thing. And they made so. a movie about him, uh, uh, like one yeah. of those like very sexual, but still mm-hmm. like stu- like mainstream, but crazy sex. And I think uh, yeah. what Rowdy McDowell was, Rowdy McDowell was in it, and I think Helen Mirren might have been in it. But yeah, Caligula, oh. go check, go check that out. Um, but I do like Elaine when she's finally like she was like. So you were violated by two people while you were under the gas. So what? You're single. Jerry's like, I'm damaged goods now. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, join the club. Love that, dude. It's it's funny, but I did find it surprising that Elaine was so unsupportive on this possible rape. Now, if it happened to one of her female friends, would she have been making those jokes? 
But no, she wouldn't have because she knows that Jerry's a guy. And for tw- like however long, 10 plus years they've been friends, she's listened to him be so mannish about everything and how he can't be attracted yeah. to even men. So it's like, okay, fine. So now you yeah. had sex, um, you know, like, like, what do you want? You know, she's like, fuck it. I don't care. And then, yeah, and welcome to the club. Now, every, just the feeling that every woman basically has now, you know, so Fair fuck enough. you. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, Elaine also tells Jerry about Jimmy, this guy that she's excited to be going on a date with. But uh, this surprises Jerry because he's like, why are you going out with that dude? And he mentions that Jimmy is the guy who talks in the third person. And so now Elaine realizes, oh, shit, it's not the guy I wanted. It's the other dude. So she's like, shit, okay, I got to go to the health club to do to to, to write this. Uh, George comes in. And he find out he's kind of in trouble with work. He's got to go talk to Steinbrenner because they think he's the one who stole stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Elaine goes to the health club and tries to explain things to Jimmy, but ends up finding out that the guy she liked is actually gay. And we get a little throwback to the beard episode where she says, oh, I tried to convert one of them once. I'm not going to do that again. And it was nice how uh, supportive Jimmy was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Jimmy is not... Uh, Intimidated by his lifestyle. Exactly. And you see, happy for Hank and his new boyfriend. I was like, you know what? That's cool, man. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, At the benefit, Kramer wants to go get some candy while they're in line. So he heads on over. But uh, when he kind of starts to come back, Jimmy comes back in with his, uh, you know, he's hurt. But he sees Kramer and he's all pissed off because Jimmy holds grudges. And so he goes and attacks him and punches him in the mouth. And Jimmy goes from being super cool to being a complete maniac at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of see bits of that maniacness when he's on the, uh, you know, when he's on that stretcher flipping around and yelling about grudges. And oh, he, and, and even yeah. when he was talking to Elaine at the beginning of like last scene where he's like, uh, Jimmy doesn't like misunderstandings or something like that. It's like, yeah. I was like, is that a threat, Jimmy? And then he seems so nice about Hank. I was like, Jimmy, I can't figure you out, man. But it's nice. <laughs> that, it's nice that you're supportive <laughs> of the gay lifestyle. Yeah, very much so. All right. Um, so. Because Kramer has been punched in the mouth, he once again cannot talk properly. And he we cut to him at the main table with Mel Torme, and they obviously think that he is mentally challenged. And again, just the way he is acting, the way he is just kind of giving Mel Torme this, these expressions, these kind of like in awe expressions, but like with his mouth off, with like just him just, ah, again, it's perfection. It's it's so good, and you can do. Could you, the audience was losing its yes. shit? It was fantastic because it goes exactly to what that thing was with the Jimmy talking in third person, where we are in the know, where the other people are not. Hell, Kramer, you know, still may not think that they really truly believe he is mentally challenged, and they Mel Torme and that other guy certainly fully believe he is, but we in the audience. No, he's not, which is where the joke is. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Steinbrenner talks to George, um, who George, for some reason, is using the third person. He, and he started really, doing that a little bit earlier in the episode. They, they, they did pepper it in, so it wasn't as, yes. you know, yeah. They peppered it in, but then he kind of realizes that it's confusing Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner yeah. <laughs> George Steinbrenner. And so now he's getting really confused. And so George can just kind of like slink away. Without any, uh, you know, any issues. And and I like that that's the resolution to that. I really yep. like that. Yep. So Mel Torme sings and dedicates a song to Kramer, who, again, just looks fucking perfect. Um, 
And then we uh, cut and get a tag of Kramer and Jerry in the streets. Kramer reads a penthouse magazine. He's back to normal by this point. Reading from the penthouse, it's one of those penthouse stories. It's a dentist who said he had fun with one of their patients and uh, other stuff like that. And we just see Jerry's face and it's just like, uh oh. And we know from here, oh yeah, he absolutely, uh, Watley did some shit. With the assistant and probably with Jerry. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then and Jerry's eating a Mr. Good bar. And it was interesting that they peppered in these, like, uh, he was eating a lollipop earlier and a Mr. Good bar now. So they're kind of like, hey, let's sell the fact that Jerry has a oh, cavity. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's Jerry's cavities coming from. Um, dude, I, I, do you want to go first <laughs> with this one? I, I'm happy to go first. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy's a bit ridiculous. But it still works for the character. I think so many things were on point with this episode. The Tim Watley stuff is dark, but it's funny. Like, rape jokes are really tough to pull off, but here it worked. The Kramer stuff is also so wrong, yet it's fucking hilarious. I doubt many sitcoms would do that kind of thing today, but here... I think it works because they're not make, making fun of Kramer for actually being mentally challenged or someone, you know, or they're also not like having that character act like he's mentally challenged. That's yeah, no, what so I think they're, they're not works. having Kramer like, like pretend so we can get like, that would have been the worst version of him pretending exactly. he was mentally challenged just to get these tickets. That's yep. why this is the better version of that. Cause he's not yep. doing that. This is the acceptable. This is why I think this, can last the test of time and i think it should be argued it's it's still viable as you know not it shouldn't be canceled you know most no no humor should be canceled but this one shouldn't because if they're canceling it it means they're not understanding the humor and the humor here comes from as we mentioned before the audience understanding what they do not in the show and so that's why i think they handle they tiptoe that line so perfectly and we already know just exactly like seeing him with the shoes seeing him with the mouth and just knowing how eccentric he is we already kind of believe just like jerry does like well it's not much of a stretch you add these two little things and it's like people are gonna believe it and they do and it's just like it's fucking hilarious and so it's like that's why the crowd laughs so fucking hard and that's why we do too and so they're not making fun of mentally challenged adults that's the exact point of this episode is they're not they are using the humor in a different way and that's why i think it works um i i mean his mannerisms fucking michael richards is amazing in this episode overall i loved it there were some minor things that i had issues with that the stand-up was particularly weak at the beginning and so it's impossible I, so i couldn't give it that five but I gave it close. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5 defiled dentistry patients. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, everything you said, uh, I completely agree with. Um, I think that it's also a very tight story, a very tight episode. Uh, there were a lot of stuff that were wrapped up that were kind of that came back, tied each other, you know, the Kung Pao and all that kind of stuff. Even Jerry eating the candy and things like that. I feel like there was so much peppered in everything 
and every scene had a point that led to something else and it all culminated in something. I felt like mm-hmm. we got good resolutions on everything. Even if it George is just, you know, talking Steinbrenner into circles and that's how he gets out of trouble with that. I love that. I think that's absolutely perfect. And I completely agree with you, man. Like the opening stand-up, God, if it was only just okay, I could have given this a perfect score. Because yeah. It, but it was so bad, right? It was fu- that was a terrible fucking stand-up for an amazing fucking episode. Michael Richards is perfect this episode, and yeah, dude, I'm gonna land it right with you. And the only reason I can't make it a fucking five is because of the goddamn stand-up. But I'm gonna give it four point five Velvet Fogs out of five. God go. damn it, that stand-up. Just could have been any other stand-up. Just put it right there. Just anything better, and it would have just. It would have been a five-star episode, bro. Yeah, probably. probably. Or cut cut the opening stand up. Have nothing on this one. Yeah. And just start with something else, you know? And yeah, dude. But it's nice to see that this one holds up, too, because this was... I didn't mention it going into it, but this was one of those episodes that I've always fondly liked, and I was hoping that I was still going to like it, and also hoping that that you were going to as well. And I was very mm-hmm. pleased when I'm just watching, just laughing my ass off. There's no bad scene in this episode, man. Again, that opening stand-up's the only fucking thing holding this this episode back. Thank God, it's a, it's a whop. You know, it's all of like thirty seconds at the beginning, but but like we say, it exists. It's there. We got to look at the whole, and uh, you know, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. Well, I know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to my closest podcast app, and I am gonna check out Podcasting After Dark, an amazing show on the Beef Up Network, starring Corey the Sleazy C. Stevenson and Zach the Snack Schaefer. <laughs> Tell me all right. about it, my man. Yeah, buddy. Uh, we talk about cult movies from the 80s, 90s, uh, sometimes the 2000s, if, if we think it's going to be something that will become a cult film, uh, like Psycho Goreman. But mostly, it's stuff like Screamers and Fright Night and Return of the Living Dead and, you know, all kinds of fun, crazy, wacky shit like that. And by the time you're listening to this, we've already dropped our Witchboard uh, review. And Adam, Witchboard stars Tawny Katane. Uh, we bumped that up the... Uh, R.I.P. Tawny Katane. R.I.P. We actually bumped it up the queue to kind of celebrate her because she unfortunately did just pass away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but as you all know, uh, Cartwright fans know, uh, she was in an episode of Seinfeld and uh, Jerry dates her. And I think it was like season two or something. It was really early on. Um, so yeah, so check that out if you want to hear more of us talk about Tawny Katane and all other cult movies and fun stuff like that. And you know, I always say podcasting after dark is the dark shadow of the Blasphemer Past. So we got to plug the Blasphemer Past as well. And you guys have been rocking and rolling over there. And I know it's a few weeks back, but I still got to say your A New Hope casting is still one of my favorites of all time. That was awesome. That left an impression with it you. It did, dude. I mean, I I listened to that like just with open ears and an open heart, and I say both of those movies I would be happy to watch. I think they were truly inspired castings. Very cool. Well, if you like Star Wars and Star Wars castings, or any kind of missed uh, or any kind of uh, you know castings and you know using actors of today, check out the Last Our Past podcast. It's one thing that we do that a lot of other people don't, and we have a lot of fun doing it. We recently recast uh, the Princess Bride as well. Mm-hmm. That was tons of fun. Uh, but we also review the films. And we review TV shows, we do album reviews, and we do top 10 lists of a bunch of different stuff. Like, uh, 
just recently on, uh, we had our top 10 sexy time song. So if you're ever curious what I like to get down to, uh, <laughs> then you should check out that episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast. That's right. And you should also check out our pals over at Talking Back. I... Uh, you know, we're, you, uh, you know, time's all wonky and weird. We're recording this way in advance. But I was just listening to their Prometheus episode that dropped today. And mm. I absolutely loathe that film because I hate its connection to Alien. And I think it's uh, it ruins Dude, things. Dude, didn't, didn't Ridley Scott the entire time be like, this is not an Aliens film. Yeah, no, this the, is not. A, and then at the end, you see yeah, a fucking Alien. It's go, like, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, Ridley Scott. But... That discussion and that review that Tim and Dean have on talking back about Prometheus makes me want to go back and rewatch the film, look at different things, and actually give it a, a, a second chance. And that is a testimony to how awesome Tim and Dean's podcast is over at Talking Back. But we have a bunch of other awesome podcasts. Uh, tell us a little bit about People Don't Forget, dude. Yeah, People Don't Forget is a uh, nostalgia cast from our buddy Scott Grimes. So he's not um, as... Uh, consistent as like ever some other ones, but he's a he's a new podcast starting up, and we all like I last from past started every other week and yeah. and whatnot, and so what he's doing is he is kind of taking larger genres. Well, he'll be like, hey, we're gonna discuss movies from 1994 and then you'll kind of like break up big lists of that and just kind of discuss the films that did that in that year and what they're important about um or tv in 2002 or other stuff like that so it's bigger genres kind of wider range of stuff um he also recently did uh some decade awards so he were him and uh, two other guys who are definite fans of uh the hollywood cast connection podcast and someone from um bench warmers trivia podcast they gave out their favorite awards and kind of did it in this, like, I don't know, fun, different way uh, as to, you know, what were some of the best things of, like, the last decades. So, nice. uh, highly, highly enjoy that. Um, but another show that is also on the Beef Out Network is Action Action. And, yeah. Corey, could you tell us about that one? Yeah, those guys over there are having an awesome time going through, I mean, at this point, um, like, I think it's 300 action movies. They have an ongoing list uh, over at letterboxd.com where they are ranking every single action movie that they watch. And, and the list is growing, changing, evolving, morphing. It's it's actually a fun, interactive way to participate with the podcast. And they have great discussions, and they're just talking about action movies. It's just action, action. So if you like that shit, check that out. Check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. Uh, everything can be found on the BFOP Network website, and that's bfopnetwork.com. Again, that's bfopnetwork.com. Uh, the link is in the bottom of every show notes that we have for Cartwright, and you can find every single uh, like podcast in our network there, and then find all the, the catchers and all that kind of stuff. And we highly recommend you go check them out, because you know we're fans of all those shows, too. We don't just bring in shows just to bring them in we bring in shows that we respect and we like and uh and we love working with those people too so it's it's great it's like a family exactly and you are our family as well that's right uh we love each and every one of you for listening to our podcast right here we'll see y'all next time when we talk the doodle Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head -head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. 
you're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it.